Hey, this is Kid Gravity. Before or after you listen to this podcast, make sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to my Kid Gravity Beyond channel, where I have live streams of subjects that you may or may not hear on this podcast, and also interviews that you may or may not hear on here. So again, go over to youtube.com, put in Kid Gravity Beyond, and subscribe to the channel. Thanks. What's up, guys? It's Nikki Lachey, and you are listening to Beyond Borders with Rose Gold and Kid Gravity. The views and opinions of this podcast are solely those of the host, Beyond Borders Media. And trust me, if you hear something you didn't like, go do your research. Borders presents podcast to podcast. I had to take my shirt off for this one. I'm, I'm feeling real niggerish today. Oh I don't know why. I'm feeling real. I'm, I'm feeling real what, what the word they like to call black people? Black man, savage. I'm feeling real savage mm-hmm. right Call me Kid Gravity Savage. Yes, Kid Gravity Savage. No, I'm going to be normal today because it's Thursday. The weekend's almost here. The heat wave in New York is over. And I got a lot of sleep today. need to rewind, refresh, reassess. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Borders live in 1080p. Unless you hit that little gear thing and you went down to 480p because you didn't want to see my face, which is fine. I don't care. But today, folks, thank you. Before we start, thank you for listening on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, and Stitcher. Thank you so much. And if you watch it on YouTube, thank you so much. Now, before we start, today's episode is entitled Politics in the Diaspora. I and my partner for tonight will be discussing the politics of the Black. They call themselves the Congressional Black Caucus. I have given them a new name. They are called the Congressional Black Couscous. And I will explain why I call them the Black Couscous. But before I begin explaining why they are the Black Couscous, I'm going to let my guest introduce herself. Guest, introduce yourself. Please. Hello. Yes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Tiffany Harris. Uh, I am the face and voice behind Tiffany Television on YouTube. I'm also the voice behind Tiffany Talks podcast on Podbean and Podomatic. I'm an author, a blogger, and I have successfully published two books and I'm working on a third to be released next year. Yes, Podomatic. That's not like something from the Jetsons. You heard what I said? <laughs> Podomatic. But anyway. Yeah. Today is not, there may be jokes today, but I'm going to try to be as serious as I can today. 
I know I already made a joke, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay. So before Tiffany introduced herself, I said that the Congressional Black Caucus needs to be renamed the Congressional Black Couscous. And for all my Mediterranean people out there, because I found out I have some fans in Italy, and I think Greece also. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I got to check the analytics again. But y'all know what couscous is. It's that old uh, Israeli grain that kind of looks like pasta. I'm I'm partial to the pearl version because it's like pasta. And I call them the congressional back couscous because like couscous, it's very dry, very plain. You have to add flavor to it. The Congressional Black Caucus for decades has been very plain, very sight unseen. They don't even mention them. The last time I've heard about them was when Obama ran. And he was up there, John Lewis and all them. Shout out to John Lewis. He died. He did. And he had the funeral yesterday. Respect his work for the civil rights. Don't respect what he did at the end because he was very quiet and he was very confrontational. Hopefully he'll be up there with Elijah Cummings. He sat there and get him told. Shout out to Baltimore. Hope y'all still don't got them rats running around. Um, but yes, the Congressional Black Caucus, Black Couscous. They claim they're supposed to be helping the black communities get funding for things and stuff to you know, elevate us. I don't see this. I see a lot of pandering. I see a lot of grandstanding. And I also see them giving out kente cloths, made in China probably, to two of the most powerful white people in the country. And then, Lord have mercy, I just went on their website and, and I saw Maxine Waters. God, though, she looked like a witch. Uh, but, oh, I got, you know what? Let's start with her. Old Mad Maxine. Congressional leader from Compton. God, dog. Everybody, I Tiffany, do you know that I have so many friends that still put this woman over? Oh, my goodness. They say she's the greatest. They call her auntie. And you know, in the black you know, community, I... you get called, if you get called auntie, you are the goat. Mm -hmm. She need to go somewhere with her life. This woman oh, built man. a hospital and lost it in a decade. How is that possible? Look at this. Their mission, reforming the criminal justice system and eliminating barriers to reentry. The lies you tell. Combating voter suppression. How's that working down there in Kentucky? Expanding access to world-class education from pre-K to post-secondary level, unless you're a black man. Expanding access to quality, affordable health care and eliminating racial health disparities. Disparities. Yes. Obamacare really worked out, and black people still love them some pork. Expanding access to 21st century technologies, including broadband. Still don't see a black social media platform as big as Twitter or Facebook. 
we had one. It was called Backpage, but they shut that down. Oops. That was a joke. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Strengthening protections for workers and expanding access to full, fairly compensated employment. Hmm. Don't know about that one. I think the last thing they did for that was the Crown Act, and that's going to fail miserably. I said it. Expanding access to capital contracts and counseling for minority-owned businesses. But y'all are the same ones that have not been up in arms with the Democrats saying that they're going to get rid of opportunity zones. But I'm supposed to take y'all serious. You're right. And last but not least, promoting U.S. foreign policy initiatives in Africa, Mama Africa, and other countries that are consistent with the fundamental right of human dignity. Sure. Except the Africans that are over here now getting BLM told, and y'all not saying nothing. But you're right. Hi, Tiffany. She fell off. What's going on, kid? What's going on, kid? I'm sorry. I was just being. I was just. I was just being that guy. <laughs> oh man, um, I don't know where to start here. Okay, first off, uh, would you mind repeating for me the thing about what did they say about crime? Because I, oh. I studied criminal justice in college, and I, I would love to start there. Okay, well, after I I, I slightly sautéed Mad Maxine Waters. Yeah, I um, I'm reading their about statement on their website, cbc.house.gov/about. Slash again. And the first thing they said was as part of this commitment, the CBC has fought for the past 48 years to empower these citizens and address their legislative concerns by pursuing a policy agenda that includes but is not limited to the following. And the first bullet point is reforming the criminal justice system and, and eliminating barriers to reentry. Mm-hmm. We all know that is. 100% BS. Wow. Oh. Party time in West Virginia. Uh, yeah, you hear my kid back there. Hey, somebody get oh. her. But yeah. They- <laughs> oh, man. Okay, first off, with regards to criminal justice, they really haven't done their, their job there. Um, the... Okay. If they really wanted to do anything about reforming the judicial system, why are mandatory ma- mandatory minimum sentences still a thing? <clears throat> why, why are mandatory not only mandatory minimums, but when are they going to tackle mass incarceration? When are they going to tackle uh, all of these policies that have been put in place that they know hurt the black community, but they're supposed to be for black people and black folks? We have coming out of out of predominantly black neighborhoods, more the, the likelihood that if our children live to see 21 in those, in those conditions, they're more likely to go to prison, they're more likely to die uh, before they age 21. And if they live to see 21, they're more likely to go to prison, they're more likely to be on drugs or some, you know, some laundry, some, they're likely to follow a number of places on the laundry list of, of impoverished life of suffering. Shout this out to more- Chicago. Exactly. And as that is the greatest example. The greatest example. We're going to talk about Chicago later, folks. But we have to, but because today. that is the greatest example of it. But uh, with regards to that, you know, you're making these people more, when you don't, when you ignore uh, 
the very thing that you're supposed to be uh, tackling when it, with regards to judicial to crime, and you're leaving people in these situations would be more to become more vulnerable to victimization. You're initially letting them know that you don't really care. I mean, it, it's you're going back on your word to, to vulnerable to the very people you're supposed to be protecting and you're supposed to be um, so for. I think that the saddest thing about that is they know, well, they're writing on the fact that they look like black people to continue to get our support. It's that whole thing that we have of not all skin folk are kin folk. They may look like us, but are they really for us? And I don't, you know, I'm reading here on the Atlantic.com in 2016, they wrote an article on the Congressional Black Caucus. And one of the first things, actually the title of this is, says enough, it says the increasing irrelevance of the Congressional Black Caucus. The group has failed to connect with young voters, which is not a good sign for its future. Say it again. Well, it? Yes, it has failed to connect with the, its young voters and that is not a good sign. Mm. They're failure folk. Yes. And here's a uh, reading from the Atlantic. It says among African-Americans, there is a growing sense that there are significant generational differences with the CBC and that the organization may have lost its conscience. Of course, this was yeah. written in 19... 19- Apparently. <laughs> In 2016, it said Hillary Clinton has taken heat for the 1994 crime bill that led to the disproportionate incarceration for black people. But the bill was only assured passage once the CBC withdrew its opposition. CBC members have clashed with Black Lives Matter protesters and activists have criticized the CBC Political Action Committee, a separate but associated group for it for the board's ties to private prisons and tobacco. Say it again. Uh, okay. The CBC politi- uh, activists have criticized the CBC Political Action Committee, a separate but associated group for the board's ties to private prisons and tobacco, big tobacco. Mm-hmm. Two things that are destroying black folks and you got your hands in it. Private prisons are $79 billion a year industry and then tobacco is killing, uh, of course we all know the rate at which people die You left. Which goes into. Oh, there you go. Huh? Hello? I thought you left again. Oh, which goes in. <laughs> which one of y'all's mouth? Which mountain? goes into. Oh, what the heck happened? Were you, were you about to play the guitar? Yeah. Hey, you hear me? I hear you. Okay. But with all of the issues that we have facing us as a minority group, us as black people, I don't understand how the CBC is. Still standing when they're failing, <laughs> they're failing to uh, own up to not only their part, uh, their hand in the private prison industry, which honestly, I think the statistics that I read a few years back said that there were more black men in prison than in college. That's disturbing enough. Yes. Now, yes. you have more of our, you're supposed to be for the community, but you're putting more of the, the might as well say the fathers or future fathers of the community in prison and then you're banking you're lining your pockets off of their incarceration. How are you still standing? Yeah. I like MJ, but he he profits off of that too, but I'm gonna leave that alone. One day I'll get I, one day I'll go after MJ. One day. 
one day. But private prison is a big industry. Don't you, don't, haven't you heard they they they're pissed off right now? They they are not getting money because the mm. prisons are are they're not full. Yes, they only get they, paid when they're full. They, and there's that statute that they must keep them full to capacity. Otherwise, yeah, I heard about that. And mm -hmm. the, the craziest thing that I know I've learned is that they have to keep them full to capacity, even if those incarcerated are not guilty at all of the crimes that they're committed, which leads us to the FBI statistic that one in 10, one in 10 persons currently incarcerated is completely innocent of all crimes he or she is serving time for. But y'all want to sit up here and tell me that cops are bad. Sure, folk. I ain't worried about the cops. I'm worried about the N-words. I can avoid the cops. Exactly. <sighs> oh, speaking of which, because I know black folk don't watch news like that. Unless it's on the shade room. That's right. I said it. If you live in New York and you were out there rioting and you decided to go get arrested or catch a desk appearance ticket, um, y'all's mayor, you know, that swirler, he wants to open up the courthouses. Guess who the first two, case, two cases they're going to do? Oh. Child support because they need the money. And they're going to start bringing all them rioters in. Did we not say during our last interview that once this stuff pulled it, you know, once that, once the court started opening up, they were going to start getting these fathers on child support. Mm-hmm. But Black I, Lives I Matter, right? Right. Okay. Black, then why are you taking fathers from their children? Because it's money. It's all about money. I, I really, you know what? I really... I'm going to have to, I think I'm going to have to do this video on uh, that I've been putting off doing on child support and how, if it was not for the fact that it is taxed money before ladies, before you get your child support dollars, the government has taken its percentage of taxes out of that money. It does not care about your kids. It's just another way for the government to make, take and make money for itself. Mm -hmm. If there was no incentive for that money to be taxed, you and your kid would be crap out of luck because they wouldn't, no one would care there. It's not, mm -hmm. They're they're bamboozling ignorant women into believing that it's about holding the fathers accountable for their children. Where you can do that by letting him spend his time with those kids without interference. You can do that by giving fathers a fair shot at custody in the court system. What does that have to boil down to his money? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Mm. She mad, y'all. But I look. We, I said this on a sh on our podcast a few episodes back. I said, black men, they want us out of the election. This is all what it is. And all y'all want to sit up there and tell me that I was full of crap. This race just confirmed for me today. Well, yesterday. Because, oh, oh, I'm going to be respectful because I have a nickname for her, too. I'm going to be respectful. Kamala Harris is projected to be the vice president nominee. I told y'all, black men, they are only putting her up there to bring you back to the plantation. If you fall for this and you vote for her and Biden, you deserve everything you get. 
But we're gonna talk about that a little later. Because she she's on the list. I, I've done three shows about her already. I'm gonna leave uh, I don't want to use up my precious time and brain power going after her alone because she's just another cog in that bad, bad machine. But we're going to continue on the CBC's BS mission statement. Mm-hmm. So number two, spending... combating... huh? Uh, no, I was just kind of reading through there because uh, I'm on their website too, and I, I I can't wait to tackle the the whole thing about the school. Okay. Yeah. Combating voter suppression. How's that working down there in Kent- in Kentucky? She's Miss Tiffy's near Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Voter suppression, huh? Y'all still think it's the Republicans doing this? Oh no, 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 no. That's y'all's Democrats doing that. They're telling mm-hmm. them to, to shut down all those polling areas. They don't want us to. They don't want black folks to vote for Trump. That's why they want you to stay home. They don't want you to bounce ideas off of each other. Why do you think everybody's sitting home? The greatest exchange of ideas happens face to face. Voter suppression, huh? Mm. They're going to suppress. suppress I'm I'm reading the article. Ladies and gentlemen, they're going to suppress the black vote. The Democrats, they don't want your vote. They successfully got at least 80% of the white liberal. Well, um, <laughs> my my thing with the whole voter thing is I what is their their gripe about voter ID? Like wouldn't that be the easiest way to prove to dis uh, to to combat voter fraud like um what is it uh, voting fraud or whatever? Be proving who you are, and I saw I saw a video a while back where <laughs> I saw a video a while back that where it was a uh, who was it? It was one of these YouTube conservative guys that went and talked to a bunch of like liberal white kids on uh-huh. college campus, and apparently they think black people they think we have nothing, we know nothing, we don't. According to these kids, we don't know how to use the internet. Uh, we don't know where oh, the I saw that video. Yes, areas are. Video. We don't have birth certificates or any type of formal document to get an mm-hmm. ID. You saw, okay, so you saw that, and then the guy went yeah. into like the uh, what yeah, was it, Harlem and black yeah, neighborhoods, he and he was like, asking oh, people, you know? and every black yeah, person pulled out their driver's license. Yeah, like, like, you know how to get there? He's like, yeah, it's right there on one hundred twenty fifth and Third Avenue. I just take the train or take a or take a gypsy cab. And then they were like, "Do you know that?" All, they showed him the video, and they were like, well, I don't exactly. know. and everybody said like, the same. They pointed. Why do they think that? I think one guy said uh, he was maybe a block away from the. Yeah, but that's y'all's white liberal. Did you read the comments to that video? There was because people yeah. were like, "Do they even know black people?" Like, <laughs> no, they don't know no black. They they got that one black friend like, in college. Goodness gracious! But why do they feel this need? Why do they need for black people to feel to feel like? But, because, yeah. but my thing is like they—it's like they salivate the themselves victim. at the thought of black people feeling oppressed. Yes, because they fight. Because you get more kudos fighting for the victim. Okay, think of it like this, and ladies, uh, this okay, is not an indictment on you guys. The example I'm about to use—we don't mm-hmm. condone this here on Beyond Borders. Miss Tiffy Television—is it easier to console the victim yeah. or beat up the rapist? 
Cause all the victim. There it is. Cause why why won't you go beat up the rapist? Because the rapist can kill you. Mm-hmm. Right. You can change the mindset of the victim. Can't change the mindset of the rapist. That's true. White liberals look at black people like rape victims. I said it. Y'all can get mad at me. You can flag this video when it goes up. White liberals look at black people like rape victims. All we do is scream, say no, cut it out. White liberal come out of nowhere, brush off the rapist. The rapist runs away, and then they don't hold us. No, 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 no. What the white liberal does is pat us on the, on the head like they used to do back in the day. Somebody, there you go, that's a good boy. Now, I screamed this when this whole thing started, do not trust that white liberal. Now you see a couple months later, now all the black people talking about white liberals. So now you wanna call out the victim. What happens now today when you call out the victim? Mm, you get canceled. How dare you call out that victim? How dare you call out the person that held that that held the victim? We're always the last to figure things out. And the fact that black people aren't looking at the big picture with this voter suppression is scary. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to start getting those emails in September about staying home to vote and they're going to be stupid enough like oh i can just vote in three seconds okay they're going to change your vote you vote for trump and you're black and you do it at home they're going to put it for biden and then when you start screaming that you really voted for trump guess what's going to happen they're going to say nothing happened but you already put out there that you voted for trump and you know that's like a taboo in the black community so now you have to deal with the fallout yourself. And the person that just saved you goes away. But hey, we have people out there who are getting letters saying that their cats, their dead cats are, are registered voters. Uh -uh. Oh yeah. Yeah, look that up on YouTube when you get a chance. <laughs> but enough about voter suppression. Black folks, November 3rd, go out there and vote. Yes. Like physically get up, put on your masks, even though they claim they don't work. Put it on anyway. Put on a burqa if you have to. Go vote. We have to. Sheesh. Oh yeah, don't oh don't worry. When oh quick show announcement. When the DNC kicks off, oh don't worry. Beyond Board is gonna have full live coverage of that. Oh, I'm gonna have jokes. Oh, I'm gonna have commentary. Rose Gold's probably gonna log off a few times because I'm gonna say some stuff. But enough about that. Let's move on. What else did the CBC lie about on their mission statement? Expanding access to world-class education from pre-K to post-secondary level. 
I'm gonna let Tiffany have this one. I ain't saying nothing. Prison. Why is the pipeline from prison from school to prison thing then? Money, money, money. Money. We're talking about <laughs> world class education from pre K through secondary school. Well, we have to get rid of that uh, prison from a uh, pipeline from school to prison, which, according to stoprecidivism.org, reads as follows The school to prison pipeline is threatening the fabric of our American society by placing an emphasis on juveniles entering the criminal justice system for minor offenses. The National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. League Defense Fund depicts the pipeline as funneling of students out of school and into the streets and the juvenile correction system perpetuates a cycle known as the school to prison pipeline, depriving children and youth of meaningful opportunities for education, future employment and participation in our democracy. This is especially apparent when it comes to examining how minorities, Hispanics and African-Americans are disciplined in schools in comparison to their Caucasian peers. In this post, we highlight the issue of school to prison pipeline solution to dismantle the problem, guiding principles to develop the order of this issue, not to persist and conclude with an effective approach for schools to deal with discipline and prevent school to prison pipeline uh, persisting. Well then, well, when you have, when you're talking about things like this, then you have to ask questions like uh, uh, cbc.cali asks, do police belong in schools? In cities across Canada, this is not even here. This is Canada. Police officers are patrolling schoolyards and hallways. They're called school resolution officers, but we have those here in America too. Actually, uh, was it Missouri when the whole George Floyd thing went down? They kicked their school mm -hmm. resource officers out of the out of the schools, and I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to work this fall with the schools opening back up. Yeah, you, we we folks. I am. Yes, but folks, we all know who the most famous SRO is, right? Come on, let's see who who who's been listening. Oh, who's who, who's been doing their research? Who is the who is the most famous SRO in this country? I don't know. No. Come on, come on. I'm stuck in my head elsewhere. I'm stuck, kind of juggling these thoughts with this, and I I don't. All right, I'm going to see if I can find his picture. I can't see right there. Oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. I've got to share this. Folk, I just found the biggest. There should be a way that you should you can switch tabs without closing the whole thing down, but goddamn. All right. Anyway, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Bam! And you say, God damn. We all know who this is, folks, but I know a lot of y'all don't remember this man. That is the legend so of Ben Fields. That is Ben Fields, former South Carolina school resource officer. You uh -huh. know who what he did. He took the black chick out of the desk. I thought he, I knew, I knew he looked familiar. I knew he looked familiar. Like, over and it dragged her out. <laughs> and everybody was on there crying, talking about like, well, then she tried could to say he was racist. Trying Wasn't to say he was excessive. 
Huh? But wasn't she wasn't she not in there threatening people in that video talking about she was gonna beat oh, up yeah. the teacher? She told her to turn off her cell phone and all like just leave <laughs> turn it off. Yeah, and then she said, You're not gonna tell me to leave. So Ben Field told her, Listen, you got two seconds, put the phone away and let's go. She said, You ain't doing nothing. He said, Man, F this, flipped her out the chair and dragged her out. Mama went on TV talking about this man's racist. But I have to give America credit. They were actually fair and balanced on that. They said that, you know what, he did go a little excessive, but the girl was out of line. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter, still lost his job. Yeah. They said he was a racist. Okay, fine. Guess what? His wife was black. So he couldn't have been that much of a racist, but he could still be a racist, but who cares? Well, why'd he marry a black woman if he hates black people then? Like, <laughs> well, listen, one day I will do the show about swirlers, but uh, uh, it's not about them today, those those confused creatures. Anyway, <laughs> that's right. I said it. I don't care. Back to the Congressional Black Caucus. They're, but they're oh, goodness. So, so now, right. So they're, they're offering to uh, let me pull. Okay, they're saying that they want to expand access to the world-class education through. uh... That's why I said, unless you're a black man. Oh, you know what? I'm glad that you brought that up because in order for them to make sure that they give this fair, balanced, world-class education to all people, they're going to have to address the issue of resegregation in American public schools and resegregation predominantly affects young black boys and males in general. And that mm-hmm. is, my mother studied, uh, my mother's studied psychology. She actually has a bachelor's and a master's. She's board certified, or she is um, certified, you know, so she's she's legit. Um, Shout out to mama. And so she and I were talking about this because I have kids in school. And she said to watch these, what black people need to start doing is start quite coming to the table and questioning these principals and these uh, school officials that are trying to tell you that. Hmm. Qualify to, uh, to diagnose your children with those issues. It has to be a psychiatrist, someone trained in the field of psychology to do that. A school counselor is not a psychologist. Their training uh, is totally different than the training and the, you know what qualifications a psychologist a person must meet to become a licensed therapist, a psychologist, or something like that. So if you take that and you compare that to the fact that okay, you take resegregation, you compare that, uh, and you take that along with the fact that America has the most the most overdiagnosed cases of childhood diseases of any country on, of any nation on the planet, and then you look at how. Uh, these children, you look, you break it all the way down to gender and race, and you find out that predominantly young black boys who are being uh, overdiagnosed with these these uh, issues, and then you have to go into how that affects them in their education and in their future. Now, how does the Congressional Black Caucus plan on handling that issue if it wants to give world class education to all? They would have to take accountability, number one, and they're not going to do that because mm-hmm. they do not want to show that they haven't done anything for years. 
Well, I shouldn't say they haven't done anything. They they're giving out empty promises. Well, that's also why they're losing relevancy with younger voters. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. people eventually are going to see that you're full of it. Yes. Well, that's guess what? Why is this cat? They're pissed off at Blackseek right now. Hmm. See, a lot of people, see, this is where research comes in. They're so pissed off at Blexic right now because they are appealing to the younger voters. I know for a fact when they first did that um, Young Black Leadership Summit at the White House, I think it was in 20, I want to say 2018, when they, first, when they did the first one, the Congressional mm -hmm. Black Caucus did a whole, they did an underneath press conference about that. And they, no, press conference, sorry. They put out an underneath the radar statement. And they very nicely called all of them coons. But they tried, but they hit it by saying that Trump is trying to brainwash young black voters. Mm -mm. And they're trying to, and they're trying to brainwash these young people. That's, that's, that's politics for you, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm gonna tell you this: they don't want to address the two issues that I spoke about because, as you, as you know, we've seen they have their hands in private prisons. Mm -hmm. Well, we know that the as sad as it is, there's an over uh, representation of young black males in the prison system. Now, if you start addressing the Things like resegregation in the public schools and the from school to pipe to uh, prison pipeline. And if you get rid of those issues, those numbers of young blacks that go from school to prison are going to likely to go down, which means that they lose money out of those private prisons. So that's kind of bad business for them. Um, so I don't think that I think that's one reason why they're not. They just completely ignore these issues that and it's basically. <sighs> I feel like black folks, we got to have a higher standard for people who make us promises. Um, and it's every election year we see this. We see somebody coming out making a promise to do so much for black folks. And then as soon as they get the vote, minus uh, what President Trump did for the HBCUs and things like that. But and we've seen candidate after candidate after candidate get the black vote and then run off somewhere and take care of everyone else and leave black people hanging. And we fall for the okie doke every four years. It's like, we have to start demanding more and making sure that these people follow through with what they're saying. Um, explaining world-class education. Well, and what is the plan for that? What are the, we need to see the, the blueprint of that one too. What does it mean? What, what specific steps do they want to take in order to expand that? Uh, world-class education because a lot of inner city schools are underfunded and it's they f and people fought so hard against President Trump when he and what was the lady's name uh, they were talking about um, they were trying to push the school choice thing which I'm a fan of they said you know which what one? just because you, uh, I forget the lady's name but uh, she they were talking about school choice President Trump and uh, Oh, goodness gracious. I had her name. I know it's an older white lady. Um, oh, you mean the vouchers? Yes. It was that, but then it was something else. They were they were, they were talking about that for private schools. If, if poor people wanted to 
send their kids to uh, private schools that they should have the ability to. And, uh, you know, people really fought against that one. Like, well, we know that the educations in private schools are typically better than they are in public schools. If you really care about giving all children access to a good education, why are you so against poor kids entering school? Hmm. Well, um, they're against it because they feel as though you bring poor kids in there to education and the facility is going to go down. <laughs> I mean, it sucks, but, you know, mm -hmm. that's how they feel. Mm hmm. I went to private school from middle school, from from elementary school. I went to private school. It was cool. You got to pay yeah, your my money. Husband, my husband went for <sighs> he told me why. I was like, you're better than me because uh, I would have stayed right up there in private school to rich kids. <laughs> I would have stayed there. Uh, I hate yeah. public school. Oh, goodness. Like, it was awful. Awful. But we continue. Expanding access to quality, affordable health care and eliminating racial health disparities. You Negroes. You liars. Oh, y'all are liars. Affordable health care. How did Obamacare work out? I was going to. Oh, my goodness. I, you took that right out of my mouth. Racial my health. Man, my man paid over two grand because he didn't have it. Oh goodness! For the entire year, Obamacare was a failure. Let's just call it what it is. Mm -hmm. Because, and I argued with people on this online. My dad works in the pharmaceutical trade. A lot. He's told me stories. A lot of doctors did not take Obamacare because they did not know if they were going to get repaid by the government. And they were basically giving away services for free. Oh, goodness. Now, is private insurance 100% foolproof? No. They have their flaws. But Obamacare only showed up because the Democrats did not want to lobby to the pharmaceutical companies anymore. But now... Here we are in 2020, and they're all for Bill Gates running around touting this vaccine that is going to kill folks. Because quiet <laughs> as it can, and I'm probably going to get flagged for this, but it'll be up on the podcast. Your man is a eugenicist. And if y'all do not know what a eugenicist is, it's basically someone that talks about population control. That's all he talks about. Did you hear that oh, yeah. he got sued? That's why he stepped down from Microsoft. In, in because the, once this, yes, because once this vaccine hits the market, starts killing folk, they're going to sue him. So instead of suing Microsoft, they're just going to sue him personally, and he's just going to pay out of pocket. Yeah, he uh, and then go he's back been to Microsoft. Mm -hmm. He got sued in India for just that. He initially mm -hmm. released, he went testing vaccines, and those kids over there, a bunch of them started dying. And he, I think he was the one that admitted that uh, he wanted to push the vaccine without testing it to see what the side effects are and everything else to so just make it and give it to people. And what happens after that is just happens. 
Right. How do you put out a vaccine that's supposed to cure people, but you didn't do any human trials? Mm-mm. You're going, you didn't, I'm sorry, you didn't do any animal trials. But other people did animal trials with your vaccine. Guess what? All those animals died. So I'm not taking that vaccine. Y'all can have fun with that. If that means that I can't work, then I'll be one of them. I'll be a welfare king. I'll be a Madden king. <laughs> not happening. Yeah. That's just, oh my goodness. I, I, I have a theory about how they're going to try to force it with the opening of schools. I think that, you know, I'm wondering if they're going to, re- they're going to require that for children who are entering into the school system. Like you must have, your kids must have the vaccine in order to actually physically come to school. My kids are already virtual, are registered for virtual school for the entire next year. They will stay mm-hmm. there. <laughs> like, Yeah, I think if you're, if you choose to go, they're probably going to mandate it. They're not going to do it up front now because they don't want the doctors to get overwhelmed. But I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to show up. Oh, Black Folk, you want to know why they loved giving y'all Obamacare? You can actually find this out back in the 70s. They loved to give you Obamacare. I'm going to show, I'm, I'm finishing with Tiffany this. And when you hear it on the audio playback, you will hear what I'm showing her. This is on YouTube. You can find this on YouTube. Say, what's that I smell? It smells like sausage. Yeah, that's your favorite lunch. Sausage sandwiches and potato salad. I'm not eating that. That's pig. That's not pig. That's sausage. Well, it came from a pig, and I'm not eating it. Good. Then there'll be more left for me. And you're not eating it either. Yes, I am giving him sausage. Wait a minute, Pop. Now, it's a, it's a proven fact that, that the human body was not designed to digest pork. Now, it's full of fats and cholesterol, which leads to clogged up arteries and heart attacks, which could kill you. Now, if you eat them sausage, it's the same as taking poison. But I'm going to make me a nice poison sandwich. Come over here now. Now, from, from now on, Pop, we're going to start eating righteously, which means that no more pig is to be brought into this house. No more pork chops? Bacon either. Ham, spare ribs, pork roast, pig's feet, pig ears, neck bones. None of that stuff. Stricoline, fat back, salt pork, lard. But no more chitlins? No more chitlins either. <laughs> Miss, what are, you, what are you trying to do? Starve me to death? Why are you changing your way you're dressing and get the old weird name and stuff and then put me on an immediate crash diet? <laughs> Well, that's how change is supposed to come about, Pop, fast. But yes, back back in season three of Sanford and Son, Lamont decided to be a full-fledged African, and he got Fred told because he was trying to eat pork. And he said eating pork is no good. Mm-hmm. So that's what you guys heard on the playback or saw for a few seconds. That's why they love giving y'all Obamacare because he said, if you have a pre-existing condition, you can still go to the doctor. Guess what the doctor did? Okay, cool. I'm going to hit up the government for all this money and all these treatments and hope to God they pay us back. 
So now when this Obamacare doesn't work and you go back to your regular doctor, your premium is going to go sky high and I'm going to get paid more. It's a hustle. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much the CDC got on the back end. I I just want to know how... I'm trying to figure out how in the world they thought that that was going to work. Not outside of all the promises that he made that obviously didn't, you know, they couldn't keep. But then you're talking about punishing people for not having health insurance when they already can't afford health insurance in the first place. They, that was a, that was doomed to fail from the start. Mm-hmm. And there was no way about, there was no way that was going to work that it, you punish the people that could not have that couldn't afford health insurance for not having Obamacare or insurance that they already couldn't afford. Then those of us who did have insurance watched ours go through the roof and it got to the point where it was so ridiculously expensive that, you know, it almost cost a lot of private insurance. Uh, that a lot of those people in private insurance, their own their insurance creating a system of or creating even more people without insurance who would have to then apply for Obamacare and maybe, or maybe not, you know, end up in a situation like your friend who he didn't have it for the entire year and ended up having to pay two grand to go to a hospital visit. That's crazy. Yeah. No, that two grand was the fine. Oh, oh remember, my goodness. Remember they were fine. Yeah. Remember they were fining everybody for not having it. Again, taking from poor people what they already don't have, though. Poor, don't, poor folks don't have, and I don't know if your friend's poor or not, but they, but they're, the fine, if the fine is about $2,000, where do you think struggling people are just going to pull $2,000 from their behinds out of? If they had that kind of money laying around, they probably would not be uh, without health insurance. I have an answer for that. Yes. You remember the song by Randy Crawford, Street Life? Yes. That's where they got to go. Street Life. And end up behind the bars. Got to go hook. Behind those bars, uh, once you get caught and then end up in prison putting, you know, been the reason that the Congressional Black Caucus is keeping their stake in the private prison industry. I bet they probably go down to about Maryland and they go by the federal prison and they probably be laughing. Wasn't that fun? Of course it was fun. But unfortunately, that was only part one. In the meantime, as you wait for part two to upload, you can go on your major platforms like Google, Apple, or Spotify, and also iHeartRadio and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio to listen to our archive of great episodes. And don't forget to push either the follow or the subscribe button. Thank you and take care. Hey, this is Kid Gravity. Before or after you listen to this podcast, make sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to my Kid Gravity Beyond channel, where I have live streams of subjects that you may or may not hear on this podcast and also interviews that you may or may not hear on here. So again, go over to YouTube.com, put in Kid Gravity Beyond and subscribe to the channel. Thanks.